motorcycles will go by really fast and loud. This is <laughs> Yo, um, what? What? Jumping with what? You ever seen that? People just run at just like you just see you just see a phone sitting like basically on a bed, and then either a naked person or a person just with their pants down. Yeah, yeah. Up and then like land with their ass over the phone. Yeah, I actually have seen these videos. I have seen these videos. What? What do we do with our phones that's not stupid at this point? I feel like the only thing we do with our phones is stupid shit. It's like, it's hell. <laughs> Yo, like, is, is being on social media hell on earth? It's, it's, it's hell as an app. It's temporary for bits of hell. Like, <laughs> Wait, it's like, so... Once you once you turn on your phone, is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And and it's like different circles of hell, right? So it's like Instagram is like it's hell because it's going somewhere to look at things that you will never have. <laughs> you will never, never, never have. Yeah. But you will convince yourself because you're looking at it right now you might. <laughs> Yo, that is definitely a version of hell. Like, uh, there's a show, have you ever heard of that show, The Good Place? No. It's like a NBC show where the characters, you meet the characters after they've just died, and they all are in The Good Place, which is, it's like, it's not called heaven, and the bad place is not called hell, it's just the good place and the bad place, but it's like, shit like that happens, where, where you will think you're in the good place, but be in the bad place... Cause you're like, oh shit! Like the the thing that I'm doing now is actually is actually torture. Like it it seems good. Like when I look at it, like this really nice house. But then like the only way to keep the house is that you have to hold the roof and stand up the whole time. Like some dumb shit like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, the hell is actually mad clever, which is why it is an app. And 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 yeah, Twitter is hell because it's basically going to confirm. Everything that you think is negative about the world is. <laughs> it's like everything you think is wrong, and every and and what everything you think is wrong because you'll find somebody who can who's more uh, well educated about something than you who can confirm all your biases. <laughs> In fact, you, you're late on this one. You're fucked. You're even more fucked than you thought you were. This, this situation is even more unfair to you than you believed it was. Um, and then it's also that because you then you also get to watch people be like completely heartless to that. Yeah. Right. So like your bias, and then somebody will like troll your bias. <laughs> <laughs> you're being, you're being, you're such a, you're such a, like, a, you're so feeble-minded, 
<laughs> you get like, roasted. Yo, speaking of Yeans, this is the Neil Riggers podcast. Um, we're coming off of two straight nights of Democratic debates, actually. Two, two straight, two strong, two strong nights um, for memes. I would say, like, definitely um, big meme energy in the first debate. The second debate, not as much so, but big, big meme energy in the first debate, like. Like it got it got a little uh, got a little crazy. That was, I'm glad we we came back from our season break. I like to call it uh, just in time for these debates. Actually, it was an unseason break. <laughs> we was we was in the off season. Um, it was, uh, it was eating white people potato salad. <laughs> so I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know that scratch that reference. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not it's not even a thing. Like. It's like potato salad. If it is that, is that's no longer potato salad as I know it. You know what I mean? Like and now it's just it's just potatoes boiled with green water, yeah. with there a gra- with a can of green peas. Like oh, yeah. some wild some wild shit, some wild shit like that. That then. Oh no! Yeah, big time. Oh big yo! That's a that is a whole West Indian mood. Peas and carrots and potato salad. Like that's. <laughs> That is the look. <laughs> that is the look, and and um, yeah, the, yeah. Oh yeah, no niggas be on some, cause yo, fucking West Indians, we on some like everything has to be sweet. So like in in some way, like so even your side dishes end up as like sweet yams and sweet potato salad, and like not that we use sweet potatoes, but you feel me. Uh, Nah, we lime in. We lime in. Yeah, yeah, we lime in, boy. And wait, 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 wait. So tell me. That's such a Long Island girl move. That's such a Long Island girl move. Like, to be, like, living next to your your Trini Jamaican next-door neighbor and having a crush on him and being like, yo, like, I'm, I'm kind of into Calypso now. Like, let's, yeah, let's get some Calypso records and party pot till the party done. Like, I think she, but that's such a New York thing, too. Like, just to be, like, Caribbean even though you're not. Yeah, it's the it's the um, it's you can't be cool 
in Toronto or in New York if you don't recognize that it's just it's just somewhat Caribbean of a town. Like unless you recognize that, no matter what your heritage, you're just not gonna be in on the cool shit. You're gonna miss a nuance. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, shout shout out to Drake because like soon he'll be outed as a child molester, and then all that'll be over. Um, oh wow! <laughs> listen. <laughs> They got this thing of Kevin Spacey out the paint in like three weeks, my dude. So it could, anybody can get it. And he's he's definitely um, he's flirting with some dangerous territory. Anyway. You're living dangerous for me. Um, yeah, and yo, know, the debates though got actually um, into my transition there. Um they were really that was, it was a sick transition. It was a kickflip, three sixty. Um, but yeah, the debates were somewhat impressive to me, at least in terms of showmanship from unlikely sources. So I'll say, like, I think the the knock on this whole presidential shit and Democrats or whatever is that there's no one really worth following, and the field is just very weak. You know what I mean? Like the dem the Democratic field is like who Jordan was facing in the 90s. Like, niggas that were getting dunked on, were getting rings taken from them, and they couldn't do anything about it because they just weren't as good. And so that's kind of what people made this field out to be. But I would say in both debates, actually, the first one and the second one, and we'll, we'll talk about the first one, um, some unlikely, you know, field candidates, left field candidates... Uh, had great showings and um, actually made the fucking debates way more entertaining because it was like, oh, where the fuck did you come from? You jumped the fuck out, didn't you? Like, just with certain people. Who was it tonight? Who was it tonight? Tonight, so tonight it was Andrew Yang with uh, Universal Basic Income. Yeah. Because, yo, it's like it's your, it's like your uh, infomercial theory. It's like, oh, niggas, I'm just trying to just $9.99 for $9.99. You could have the world-class famous chopper of the... And it's like, yo, for $19.99 or $9.99, you could get niggas for anything. And Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang is using the same principle. Exactly. $19.95 plus shipping and handling. That's how much you can get. I forgot all about that theory. That's how much you can somebody at 2 o'clock at night for. You can always get them for that amount of money. Oh, yeah. You just make the product where you make money off of that. Yo, so Andrew Yang is using that with his $1,000 universe, universal basic income per month. And, yo, he's hitting on the points, though. Like, it's like every question they ask him is like, so how you end the racial divide in America? And he's like, well, here's what I think about that, Anderson. I think the racial divide boils down to a couple of things. One, the lack of empathy that Americans have for each other from different walks of life. And two, how can I get you to hold this thousand dollars real quick? I got that for you. Come to my website, holla at me. Thousand dollars, Andrew Yang, 2020. Let's go. So a month. Universal basic income, monthly income, everybody gets a thousand dollars. It makes sense. Man. It makes a ton of fucking sense. It's another, it's another thing that just makes sense. And people who because I had a conversation with a guy at work who was like, Yeah, but then what's your what's the incentive to work? And it's like, Well, a thousand dollars is not gonna pay 
take all right, the exactly. It's just going to not force you to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. It's right. going to give you time to do things that are more useful and to try things that you could end up making money from. Right. right. It divorced people from the need to work uh, to work an endless amount of hours doing empty things right. just to afford their life. That will soon be replaced, too. A lot of those empty things will soon be replaced, and, that, and then you have a laborer who's not worth shit, right? So he's, he's like, actually, instead of that, like, let's give people more time and let them reinvest. And, of course, some people won't use that time, but most people will. But to your point, there have been surprising... Um, favorites from each night of debates. And the first debate, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. And, and the reason why that shit caused me by surprise is that um, in the one she appeared in maybe like three weeks ago, Marianne Williamson was the human embodiment of when the edible hits. She was like, you know, the way that we have to tackle this problem of love and and lack of love, we have to bring out the fire against hatred and the winds of change will bring the water of compassion. Like she was, she was planted, she was Captain Planet. And basically all her shit was was like mocked on Twitter for the exact reasons that you would mock Marianne Williamson, who is like president of the Reiki club. Like you could be president of that, but she was, at least to a average person, you seem like a, you seem like a space cake. Like you are, you are Amsterdam space cakes, the ones that they sell in all the shops and you are, you're tie dye colored. You look stupid on TV. And so people were like, you know, talking about, her energy crystals and shit and like how she's basically an anti-vaxxer and like and I was like yo but in this debate she came out and she was basically like yo so let me tell you about these reparations I got a trillion dollars she it was like the Andrew Yang shit it was like I got a trillion dollars for you if you're black and let's stop lying about this dumb shit (laughs) we owe you niggas like yo she really co- and I think the people who won or who got the biggest moments were people who, no matter who they were or how they poll or whatever, they were coming with points like that, where it's like there was a common person that can understand their point and be like, "Oh shit, yeah, a thousand dollars, yeah, cool." Like, "Oh, oh, trillion dollars for black people? All right, I'm with that. Like, let's try it. <laughs> let's try that shit out." Because I don't know what the other shit y'all be trying. It has not helped me. So, yeah. So that was um, the the like tone and tenor of the last couple of debates, which was really cool because people who I mean you I feel like you have some history with Marianne Williamson, and I want you to explain I want you to explain to the listening audience. Right. Um, and so, because 
say about the democratic feel being weak, that's about personality. But this changes the discussion to it's not about the personalities. It's about finally having people who are matching the uh, the the battle in ideology. Yeah, yeah, Republicans boy. Yeah. Strong policy, like they're united around their ideology and how they, what policies they think reinforce those ideologies. And Democratic be real Yes. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that also that also happened in this debate. To your point, was there was a lot of keep that same energy moments. There was a lot of keep like in both debates. Like tonight, whoa, Cory Booker basically came at Joe Biden's neck and was like, keep that same energy, bro. It was yo. It got hectic because because yo, this is this is what um. Like, basically, Joe Biden, throughout the debate, they'll be like, Senator Biden, you've talked about health care costs uh, for middle-class families going down through Obamacare, but what's been proven is that rates and deductibles have gone up for families with an income under $50,000, and Senator Warren's plan and Senator Gilderland's plan addresses that while yours leaves 10 million Americans uninsured. What's your response to their critique of your plan? And Joe Biden will be like, so when Barack Obama, Barack Obama, I was right by Barack Obama's side. And let me tell you something about Donald Trump. Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Barack Obama. And Osama bin Laden was in the water. So he was doing that shit, and then when they had the critique of the plan, and they went back to Booker, and then they, they, they actually went to Biden, and he, he was like, um, well, when he put those policies in place, um, this was the thinking. And, and when he decided to do that, I supported my person, and he was the person who did it, though. I did support him, but it was him. And then Cory Booker was like, yo, he was like, bro. You're the person on the stage who says this thing is named the most. So keep that same energy when there's a critique of his shit and fucking big up your boy. Don't fuck. He was like, don't dance when it's convenient. He really said the word convenient, too. He was like, I find it really convenient that he's like, yo, just keep that same energy when we have a question about what Obama did. Because there's few. Like, it's the field is not trying to go at Obama like that. Nobody thinks that's a smart strategy. But it's like when the panelists were asking about those sort of policy differences, then he want to be like, yeah, but I wasn't really the president, though. Like, okay, Exactly. And uh, Booker had a couple great moments like that. And whoa, Kamala Harris is a cop. Yo, <laughs> dog, the way, because, okay, 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 here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. There was two moments, there was two moments, one in each debate, where niggas was like, shut the fuck up, 12. Like, like, yo. So in the first debate, in the first debate, and um, Wifey was calling this dude the mole. 
Um, so John Delaney was like the most sort of like right candidate in the first debate. And he kept being, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, don't. Do it. <laughs> Booty jeans. <laughs> okay, his actual his actual. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is his name, but but one of my favorite people and listeners to this podcast, uh, she used to have the Twitter handle Pete Booty Judge because that's really how his name is pronounced, Budajic. But it's like, yeah, it's, he's a booty judge, so he's don't I don't I don't mean it in that way. I mean that is the best mnemonic to understand how his name is pronounced. Budajic, Budajic. There is, I like okay, I understand that you know things have, have, have like be a president de Blasio. Let's be fucking real about that. There's not going to be a president de Blasio. And 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 so it was like so in the he was ruined. Definitely the kind of, because there's an other thing that goes on with a candidate like that. And, and, and I think that most of the voting public will other them and, and put them on the outside. And that's worth considering. Um, but so, so in the first debate, right, this guy John Delaney basically was like, every time people were like, yo, we're going to try to give people like free tuition and like forgive student loans and like give people income and like tax them less. Every time somebody would bring up a plan or a solution like that, he'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where do we get off giving people stuff? <laughs> like, whoa, 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 can we think twice before we start giving out stuff to people? And so, because like, I think that kind of like fear-based shit does actually move the needle with the electorate because, you know, people are fucking simple and stupid and they're like, well, if he's going to have it, that means I can't have it. Raw. And, and they don't, they don't think beyond those terms or that there's enough actually of, for instance, things like money for us to have. Like, so he was playing on those sentiments. And Elizabeth Warren removed his neck, spine, whole internal organ structure from his body and was like, uh, I, don't, I don't think we came to this stage to talk about what we're not going to do. <laughs> she's like, she's like... Listen here, op. <laughs> Listen here, detective. He's like, he's like a bizarre version of a black person at work telling people what they're not going to do. <laughs> Yo, he's like, what we're not going to do is change you this country. You know, you know what the shit America is not on? 
giving niggas free shit. The fuck you talking about, B? You better work till you die. But here's the thing. It's like we always act like that's, that's a story. And then for some reason, it's, it's different when, when Paulson just sat in a room with like 12 guys and gave them been fucking lit about the debates is that yo like tell me because we're we're both in our 30s right and we've both also seen the election of the first black president i can't remember a time where the overall conversation was including words like whiteness and reparations and student loan forgiveness and universal i was like what the fuck so americans y'all really about to be on one like what the fuck is y'all talking about like yo they came at Kamala Harris for being a cop. Like, yo, <laughs> like multiple people on the stage was like, yeah, except like when you talk about mass incarceration, you would know because you a cop. Like, it was, it got kind of like. It's crazy that a black woman, an attractive black woman can get called out by white people that way. Yo. That, that, that the discussion is that. Yeah. Is, is at least that honest. Yeah, yeah. That's different. That, that floor for where that shit is, the floor of that shit is different. And I'm like, okay, that's a different floor than we've had before. And that means the ceiling's different then too. That means that what people are willing to consider, it's like, because Andrew Yang said some shit in the beginning. He had a couple like, you know, kind of rehearsed lines that were good. And one of them was like, you know, if we want to beat Donald Trump, we have to get the opposite of Donald Trump. An Asian man who's good at math. And I was just like, okay, you go with your little, you got your little dad joke in there. <laughs> exactly, right? And it's not even, it's like, it's like kind of mildly stereotypical, but not because you made yourself the opposite of Donald Trump, which is like, it probably would be a Chinese man, like if we're really being honest about it. Like, so, like, that, that being one of the central points, and like, Marianne Williamson, who, like, also, we're gonna. I need your take on her because, <laughs> like, she did. She did literally say, like, "Yo, let's let's pray our way out of being sick." And I'm just like, "Let me know. Put me on, son." Hold up, hold up. In the name of her, I'm about to smoke some weed right now. So you're gonna hear that on the mic. Sorry, audience, because I'm like, in order to understand Marianne Williamson, I need to smoke with Don't, ap- don't apologize <laughs> for the blessings. Um, anyway, shout out to Josie. Um, anyway, so I saw social media's response to Marianne Williamson. And it's, it, it was cool to watch everybody. 
they were they were Ricky shaming her. <laughs> they were shocker shaming. They were tarot shaming. <laughs> Because I feel you on that. And that was my initial response. But then there was a moment, like I said, where the underdog, the dark horse in Marianne Williamson was just like, yo, actually, but I've sold millions of books, so I'm going to hit you with it like this. She was like, Donald Trump won this election off of the power of hatred and the emotional response to hatred. And I am trying to come with the power of love, and I actually know I can resonate with on an emotional and a psychological level, and that's what we need. And, and it honestly seemed like she snapped out all of that, like, I'm your seventh grade art teacher shit, to be like, nah, bitch, like, I know exactly what the fuck is going on here, and like, I do all my ashe and like my sage burning and shit, but I'm a guru and I make these millions, and I know how shit connects, and I know what kind of energy he's using to make people feel mesmerized and charmed enough to think that he's solving their problems. And I come with that energy, it's just from a different, for a different objective. And so, it was like, first of all, Ashe, sis, dope that you know, that you know that your ma'at is good and it's balanced, it weighs the same, the eye of Horus, every, all parts of it. Dope. Well, Kim, you went through eyes and you get through eyes and needles and all that. Exactly. Exactly. You are an, you the anti-Illuminati, I'm with it. But you know some shit that is useful in the opposition of what everybody is seeking to oppose. And that is you that usefulness can't be denied. And that's the other thing about tonight's debate where it was like, okay, niggas still talking about reparations. Kirsten Gillibrand is talking about being a white woman with white privilege and how she has to step up about the racial divide. Fucking last night. Pete Buttigieg said, strangely, the racial divide lives within him. <laughs> I was like, what, dog? I was like, yo, you sound like a Brazzers outtake, God. Like, what is this? Calling yourself the racial divide on war? 
<laughs> so, I mean, even with that said, like, it seems like the candidates have all gone over to this side of practical issues that will help people, but that also have seemed really, really radical before. You know what I mean? And like, universal income has been attempted and, and has been successful in a lot of ways and in a lot of countries, um, but it's just not been one that's, that's not an idea that really takes hold in our country because of, because of the competitive nature of how we think. And so, you know, most people are like, yo, but like if everyone gets a thousand, I think that the idea that people most then go to is, or the two ideas that people most then go to are, oh, so all the rich people getting a thousand too? So what yeah. the fuck difference is it going to make? That's what they're going to think. And then there's another school of thought that we talked about a little yeah, earlier. Yeah, I got a response to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> That's the response I have to that. Mind your business. Okay, so go on. And then the other response that they have to it is, um, well, uh, it's not going to be enough to support the people who are at the bottom who will need it the most. It's still going to you know, go to all of their basic expenses and you're back at zero, as in if you're behind already or if you're a woman who's making 60 to 80 cents on a dollar as a man, like how does that really put you ahead if a man also gets a thousand? It's like it's, everything is basically even. And holler at it. Mind your motherfucking business. Let them do their thing. actually one of the smartest things you could do um i think the idea of american prosperity is based on that kind of pat ignorance and that kind of uh comparing yourself to to your neighbor and keeping up with the joneses like it's it's all that's why people go to work that's why people purchase things it's like it's all very much based on the idea that uh, i must have it at the expense of you i must have more than you have 
and if you have more than I have, I'm either trying to compete to get how much you have or more, or um, I'm angry and resentful that you have more, and I scream at you through the TV because you're a multi-million dollar athlete, and I'm a fat ass sitting on the couch. Like, it's that same, like, general resentment, or or even the, the concept that um, the homie Kyla Lacey came up with her phrase so really brilliantly when she said, um, America is just a bunch of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And it's true. It's like, we are, we're all just like, yeah, we are, no, you're, you're not poor. You're not, you're not not famous. You're just not famous yet. You're not poor. You're just not rich yet. And Yeah, and I want to introduce all those people to math. <laughs> I want to I want to show all of those people what math is like and how math says many of us don't make the amount we want to in our lifetime, much less oh I'm I'm a millionaire, which actually requires that you have an idea that generates millions, <laughs> like not like oh I'm flat, I'm at a million, we good. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Like a homeless nigga can, they, can hit the lottery. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you, everybody can still buy the dream. It doesn't matter. It's a, it costs $2 to think you could be a millionaire. That's how sick America is. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> how, how dope it is to sell you that sickness. Yo. It's amazing to sell you that sickness, bro. It's the so, fucking biggest and best drug out. more drive, they get up earlier, they do more work, they've done more, read more, thought more about being in positions of power than the average person could, and those people who know the reality is the opposite are telling people like, hey, you know what, you can still be a millionaire, I'm going to show you how, and it's like, everything that they propose and showing you how is like, you not doing things, 
and especially not the things that they've done. Oh, it's 100% ass stupid. She's such an asshole. Acting unseemly end right because it's like no like I, that's what I deal with I'm, I'm the yang or whatever and I think this this, this is good I, I think because we, we had other topics but I kind of want to stay on this topic if you don't mind because um, I don't think uh, it's you know what it's funny about doing a podcast I'm going to get all meta on everybody um, <clears throat> what's funny about doing a podcast is that like you kind of have to have something to say. And you have to have something to say in a way that doesn't sound like everyone else saying everything else. And I think what we try to accomplish here and what happens in this space is that we make light of the fact that the world is hell right now 
like we're able to make light of that, which I think is really masterful. Like it's a, like it's a true skill. Like I think comedy comedians in general right now are facing a huge challenge just in this like era of the world. And it's not just like identity and it's not just about the earth. It's not just about the internal, the external, the macro and the micro. I think it's about all of those things and the confluence of them creating some sort of cataclysmic event or arc for human history and existence. And doing comedy in the face of that, which is, you know, comedy's always in the face of that, right? It's always at the nexus of like our deepest issues and like what we're thinking as society and what we want to be versus what we are. Um, but it also requires like good creative planning and a lot of like body armor for the fucking daily and weekly ridiculous news. Like this podcast alone, I'm thinking about how to joke about both mass incarceration and the fact that a woman intentionally peed on potatoes in Walmart. What? So it's like, and it's because potentially based on the stories I've read, it's a social media challenge and she got drunk for it, but it oh, involves man. peeing Come on, on things. say that um, the white the white candidates were doing their thing because 
tonight, uh, I believe a candidate named um, Samuel Bennett. Was it Samuel Bennett? It was either Samuel Bennett or a guy named James J. Inslee who used the phrase, and we're going to work like the Dickens. Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, we have not worked like the Dickens ever. Like, there has never been a time. And the fact that he pulled that, I feel like that phrase was just as awkward as when Cory Booker said, in my community, we have a term, Senator, you're playing in the Kool-Aid and you don't know the flavor. He really said that. That's corny. <laughs> he really it's said like, that. That's just it's like, I might have heard that one or two times in my whole life. That's not like... Dog, when was... What, what decade did you last hear that? That was in the 90s at some point. Like, you got your nose all in the Kool-Aid, don't know the flavor. Yeah, that's what it yeah. really was. You got your nose all in the Kool-Aid, you don't know the flavor. Right. So you didn't even quote it right, and that difference is kind of important. It's very like, important. It makes it a little bit more. There's a nigga. There's a nigga aspect that you will understand. That it, like, it makes it more of an allegory. That you, your nose in the Kool Aid. You understand? That's like a white person thing to a certain extent. <laughs> exactly. They have a pointy nose. <laughs> you are out, basically. Like, you were trying to use a you are out thing, and you you was an out while you was talking yeah, about somebody exactly. being an out. Yo, he has hall monitor outfits. Um, oh, speaking of, I, this one I would like to. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I forgot what the context was, so I'm just, I'm just do it. Um, I feel like seven niggas got boot cut lifestyle. <laughs> like your whole lifestyle is boot cut. Yo. Explain, okay, explain the type of behavior that is boot cut or like the, the aesthetic. What is the boot cut? What is boot cut? Like What's the, the vibes? Thing. What's the vibes? Dad fashion is definitely slightly boot cut, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's boot cut thinking tailored. <laughs> That's what dad vibes is. It's, 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 Kanye's, it's a Kanye meta joke, right? <laughs> Because it's like five years too late to do it ironically. Um, what else is what else is like a but what is other shit like other Okay, shit? here's a boot cut That's thing. Bluetooth. Like there's a lot yeah, of li- like blue- Bluetooth. Always, yeah, like, yeah. The, the black dude who always has a Bluetooth. You know, one time there was a Rasta dude who was walking and he was <laughs> talking to I thought he was talking to himself, so I thought he was crazy, and then I just realized he had a Bluetooth in and then I realized I was racist. <laughs> 
I mean, to, to your point, the racial divide lives within us. Boot cut, Buttigieg. Shout out to Chris Crack, shout out to Uncle Boy Mala, shout out to Wally Chris, shout out to Mama Mama 
Montgomery. Shout out to Cavalier. Shout out to Ruth. Shout out to Pharaoh Z. Shout out to Supernova. Shout out to Denmark. Denmark Vessi. Numerous times for body <laughs> Body Dumb. whole whole albums worth of verses. I don't with the bars recently. I don't know who's fucking with it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Been dropping verses on their entire neck. Shout out to Mac Hami. Sounds familiar, but I don't know if I've listened to the music. Benny the Butcher? Yeah. Conway the Machine? Conway the Machine is a beast, boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Griselda. There's people doing hella fucking dope shit right now. And like. Shout out to Buffalo and shout out to Conway the Machine, who I also got the chance to interview like two years ago. And thanks for that opportunity. Westside Gun and Conway always will remember one of the best interviews experiences I've ever had. It was that greatest day ever. Really dope duo um, and just dope team of rappers. Um, and because of them, we're able to do the fucking dope shit that we do because we're dope at what we fucking do. And we're all in the same kind of cypher creatively. So. Yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to fucking dope rap music that's doing this thing. And um, yeah, you can find us uh, at Anwar's Bamiks, Anwar, and at Drew Breeze on Twitter. Um, that's that's an episode. I feel like that's a wrap. All right, bro. And.